Mama, a word that we all know, a word some of us hear a thousand times a day, and some are anxiously waiting for. It's a title accompanied by immense joy, deep loss, and hearty laughter. We love mamas. We love your strength and your sacrifice. We honor your easy days and the days where you hide in the closet. Because we have them too. We know that moms need moms. That's where we come in. And the best part is, you can show up in your messy buns and your sweatpants and we'll never know. In fact, we're probably in ours too. We hear you and we want to connect with you. This is your community. We want you to know that motherhood is important. Motherhood is valuable. The work you do each day matters. So welcome to our sisterhood. Welcome to our circle. Welcome Welcome to to the the mamahood. Welcome to another episode of the Mamahood Podcast. Today I am joined again by Rachel Benson and I am so excited that she's here. We had another episode with her that should have been released before this one and um, if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of Rachel's content or read her blog or anything like that, um, I'm so excited that you're being introduced to this amazing person who um, I have loved and admired for many, many years of my life. Um, I'm going to introduce her a little bit with a little bio, um, and then she, she can, um, add what she wants to add. Um, Rachel Benson is a wife, a mom of six, a grandma of seven, a real estate agent, and a life coach for moms. She came into marriage and motherhood with almost no idea what she was doing, but determined to be a stay-at-home mom. After having kids, she frequently found herself stressed out and overwhelmed with family life. Once she learned the power of mindset, she was able to make gradual improvements to get a handle on taking care of the house and raising the kids. Now she is a certified life coach that teaches moms how to create a home and a family life they love. Her podcast, The Mom Mindset Show, is a great resource for moms to help them learn how to be the happy and fulfilled moms they want to be. So welcome, Rachel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was a very sweet intro, and I I love and admire you as well, as I'm sure everyone <laughs> out there listening knows. You are the bomb mom and so amazing <laughs> and just the best. So thanks for having me. That's so sweet. Um, yeah, I Rachel has been kind of like a second mom to me for a lot of my life, and so I've often told her that I love having her perspective on the show because I think sometimes as young moms in the trenches, like we always talk about, it can feel um, like there's no end in sight for whatever the current struggle is that we're dealing with. Um, We had some friends over that have a newborn and, you know, talking about like it just feels like we're never going to sleep again. And I'm potty training my daughter right now and it feels like she's never going to be potty trained. And um, so when we have more experienced moms who are ahead come on the show, I feel like it's such a gift because you can offer like such perspective that we can bring into our motherhood now and kind of like mother with that perspective that we would have wished we had later. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that this podcast in particular is going to be one of those, oh, what I wish I had known 
back then. And I used to sit in church and look at the moms when I was in the thick of things, like where you are now. Mm -hmm. I would look at the moms with teenagers that would just sit on the bench all through church and not have to (laughs) get up and (laughs) nurse and have potty breaks and all those things. And I'd be like, oh, they still look sane. Maybe there's hope for me. (laughs) They're not like in a mental hospital they're here yeah they're doing okay yeah (laughs) that really did it's kind of funny but it gave me a lot of hope like oh you know this is just a season and and it's a wonderful season and we don't want to like wish it away of course Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because now then you get to my end of life where my youngest just moved out well it's been six months already but it's just such a weird phase of life me and my husband don't know quite what to make of it like part of it we love and part of it is like this is weird my house (laughs) feels so empty and big now Mm -hmm. (laughs) we we have two Mm -hmm. guest rooms and an office and a studio so it's like right (laughs) I know I know it's it's I try to keep that perspective my mom always says she's like it's so funny because your kids grow up and move out of the house but you kind of feel perpetually you know, 30 or 35 or however old you were raising your kids. And it, it kind of feels like, wait, I don't feel like I've aged that much, but my kids are gone now, at least. That's yes. what she always says. And it's kind of a weird feeling. <laughs> it is. It really is. And you're still involved with your kids and they still need you, but it's just a very different way of needing you. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, we could do a whole episode on that because Dallin and I have this list of ideas and ways we hope to be like adult parents Uh that's awesome that would be a great conversation to have because I'm like I feel like you just have to keep being the parent the whole life you know that's your job forever and um anyway I could go on a spiel about that (laughs) okay we'll talk about what we're going to talk about about today and another day we will talk about that topic I I have a long list of questions for you anyway um Today we're going to be talking about the witching hour and I am so excited to talk about this. I feel like I've never heard a podcast about this and it's something that every mom talks about like every day. Like we're always either on Marco Polo or texting or calling or whatever like oh it's witching hour and it's that it's that hour between you know 3 to 5 p.m. where you've done all you can and you've fed the kids and you've done the activities and now you're just kind of waiting until dinner and until your husband can step in and kids are usually tired or hyper or you know it's just that those two hours where you're kind of like what in the world am I supposed to do um, and I'm really excited to chat about it. Yeah, that's so funny that you just said the witching hour, like everyone knows what that is. <laughs> but I think yeah. they do, because I talked to my daughter Ellie right before we were going to get on this call. And I was like, me and Marin are going to talk about the witching hour. And she goes, oh, you mean from like three to five every day? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yes. exactly. Okay. <laughs> you get All the way saying. over in Minnesota, they have the witching hour there yes. too. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Every mom knows what that is. And, and I can't remember how we started talking about this exactly, but we were like, we should do a podcast on this because somewhere along the way I was like, oh man, I wish I wouldn't have thought of that the way I did back in the day um it seems like I just remember those hours just dragging on and just kind of sitting there with my kids 
and like kind of playing Legos with them or whatever, but I was kind of bored with it. And I was kind of, uh, my oldest son that you know well always got up really early. And so mm-hmm. by three in the afternoon, I felt like I'd already done a 12 hour day. <laughs> done the whole um, day. Yeah. Yes. And, and so it was a long day. And I feel like I just kind of was not all there with my kids and they wanted my attention. And I kind of just, almost throw them at my husband when he got home. I especially remember that Mm -hmm. when my kids were really little, Mm -hmm. but, um, I just, I, and I was, if it wasn't that I was thinking, oh my goodness, why does making dinner come at the worst hour of the day for making dinner when I'm trying (laughs) to help kids with their homework and their jobs and their, and getting them to lessons and their sports and their activities and I'm like, how am I supposed to make dinner when I'm mm-hmm. driving everywhere during these hours? So it kind of depends what ages your kids are. But anyway, those hours are um, challenging. No so. matter what, like little kids, you're kind of spent for the day. Older kids, you're kind of like hustling around, trying to get stuff done, feeling overwhelmed. But it just kind of continues throughout motherhood, whatever stage you're in. It's just kind of a really tough two hours. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. But we are here to empower moms. And so they can actually enjoy those hours more and get more out of them because we don't want to be wishing away our time as moms like we were just talking about. And, and, you know, depending on what your situation is, maybe your husband's working at home, maybe he doesn't work at home. You know, I know not everybody has a husband that comes home at the end of the day either. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But In our situation, I think, you know, we had, um, you know, our husbands were working until five, six, who knows what time. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. then they come home. And like I said, I was ready to just throw the kids at my husband. I don't know about you. How's that time of day go for you? (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because um, my husband works from home now. And so Mm -hmm. um, whereas he used to like drive home at 5 p.m. and I'd be texting him like, when are you going to leave work? Knowing that there was going to be a whole hour for his drive home or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like if he had to stay late for work, it's almost like that intensity would build because I know the later he stays, the later he's getting on the road home and then he might miss dinner and I'm trying to plan dinner around him and I'm trying to keep the kids happy. Um, And that was that was a whole thing in and of itself um, which it, there's pros and cons to your husband working at home, but something that's really improved, you know, that hour for me is the fact that when he's done working, he can just walk upstairs. Yeah. But for him, he's expressed before. He's like, I love working from home, but at the same time, like after work, sometimes I would have that kind of like half hour to like decompress in the car on my way home and like prepare myself for like coming in and being there and being present. Whereas now it's like he kind of like walks out of work into the chaos of the yeah. witching hour, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I can see yeah. how that's like a new challenge of mm-hmm. post-pandemic life, like the yeah. pros and cons of work from home life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hadn't thought about mm-hmm. that. My husband, we've always worked, lived really close to his work. So, but at least he got a three minute bike ride, <laughs> or maybe a, like a five minute bike ride or drive home from yes. work to 
even like shift gears you know Mm -hmm. so honestly even five minutes like sometimes my husband will walk in and depending on how I'm I'm doing at the end of the day depending on how the day went how the house is how the kids are I will just need five minutes too Mm -hmm. like I'll just be like I just need five minutes to just you know like I'm gonna go pick something up at the store Mm -hmm. or I'm gonna go you know sit in our room and read for five minutes or just even just close my eyes for five minutes and decompress and I can understand why we both need that maybe for Mm -hmm. a few minutes you know like we maybe we both need to I'm just thinking out loud but maybe we both just need to give each other five minutes to decompress you know before we jump into like the second shift because the whole you know the whole second shift of like dinner and bedtime and cleaning up the house and everything is kind of like a whole second part of the day that we both have to be very like present and prepared for and maybe that's that's why the witching hour feels so hard is because you're like this I mean after five o'clock it's dinner then bed then cleaning up dinner then cleaning up the house and then it that it still just kind of feels like there's a lot of things left to do in the end things left to do in the day and Mm -hmm. my energy is waning (laughs) yeah running out running lower and lower as the day goes the day goes on yeah that's true those those evening hours have their challenges too and then you just get in bed and you're like the most tired you've ever been and just look at each other (laughs) like this is supposed to be our time (laughs) yes oh my goodness I I know I know I can't I can't do anymore (laughs) um we're supposed to bond but now we're both just pooped (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so I guess what we maybe want to help moms with today is to look at how we could make this time of day a little better, a little more enjoyable, um, less overwhelming. And, you know, I, I, everything I talk about is about mindset. Mm-hmm. And one thing mm-hmm. that definitely never occurred to me when I was a young mom in that situation uh, was that I was recreating the same experience every day, essentially the same experience by thinking about it in the same way over and over again. Because like we just talked about, Every mom you talk to in Utah or Minnesota is like, oh, yeah, those hours from three to five. So that just reinforces your belief that that's how those hours are and have to be and always, always will be either super long and boring or or you're trying to nurse a baby, make dinner, get one kid to lessons, have one kid do his practicing, you know, have and just so many things going on. And it never occurred to me to think like, hey, how do I want this time of day to go? How do I want the transition to go? Uh, When um, my husband comes home from work, how do I want dinner time to be? And I I didn't know I had even an option in how I um, thought about it. So, oh man, this is one of those I wish I would have known or thought about it. So if you think about it, Marin, what would be ideal even just more ideal than it is now. Not perfect, mm-hmm. but like what, what ideally if you thought about that time of day, how would you want to change it? I think um, as I was kind of thinking about this, I was realizing like I think I try to cram 
like all of the quote-unquote like meaningful experiences into the first part of the day mm-hmm. and I think I try to cram you know our outings our play dates our um you know whatever adventure we're gonna do that day our school we homeschool and so mm-hmm. that's also something I have to schedule in um our activities just all of that I feel like I'm kind of cramming it to the first half of the day mm-hmm. and I wish that the second half of the day I wish the witching hour felt meaningful too I think mm-hmm. um I wish that I could be like present and happy and still like almost like the end of the marathon like creating these meaningful moments and having this peaceful like happy environment all the way to Mm -hmm. the bitter end you know like not not hit that overwhelm point but just continue that (laughs) steady I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense no it totally does I do so good the first half of the day and then I'll hit a point and it's just like I don't know like I want to keep up that same energy the same meaningful feeling in the home at that that, point that sense of purpose and Mm -hmm. I know what we're doing now and and like you're full of energy and mm-hmm. the kids are have a maybe a better energy earlier in the day although they're pretty energetic after they get up <laughs> from naps and they want attention and mm-hmm. and um you want to have the bandwidth and the energy to give them that attention right yes and yes, also exactly. have you know at least get dinner underway and not and be able to give your husband a few minutes like you were talking about you maybe you have a few minutes to just like transition and and decompress Mm -hmm. and so I think just giving that some thought is a start like what energy what feeling would I want to bring to this time of day and um looking back for me um now my afternoons are pretty calm um and I try to get out of my office I'm usually just working on real estate or my Mm -hmm. coaching stuff and I just try to make myself quit working by like 4 30 or 5 30 somewhere in there and just Mm -hmm. go start dinner um but if I if I had um thought about it I think I would have wanted to get out of overwhelm and kind Mm -hmm. of um exhaustion into more of like a calm um transition into the afternoon and maybe not expecting too much of <laughs> of myself because you know you have already put in a long day but feelings like it, overwhelm is a feeling so our thoughts create our feelings so overwhelm for example is is a feeling and that's created by thoughts like oh my goodness I can't do this this is Oh, again, like the long, the long stretch of the afternoon or the evening. Um, And when we feel, when we think that way, when we're thinking that way, and then we're feeling overwhelmed, we tend to recreate the same actions because our feelings drive our actions. So that's when we're kind of like, oh goodness, the kids need my attention. I remember like doing puzzles and stuff like that, but Mm -hmm. not being fully present, um, kind of preoccupied with, oh, I need to start dinner. And I didn't get the 
chicken defrosted and you know and Mm -hmm. then it just (laughs) leads to more overwhelm and one of the really interesting things with feelings like overwhelm is that we don't tend to see any of the positives when we're when we're uh, feeling a feeling like overwhelm like yeah you know I did a lot today we don't give ourselves credit for what we did do that's Um, true we don't so we don't like give ourselves any grace like um yeah we just don't see those things as readily when we're just more focused on the overwhelm and all that we still have to do and so then the result is it does we kind of guarantee that we have a a long kind of draggy afternoon (laughs) and same with like feeling exhausted Exhausted is a physical sensation for sure, but it's also a mental state. Mm-hmm. You know, we can have mental mm-hmm. and physical exhaustion. So that mental exhaustion comes from the similar thoughts like, oh my goodness, I'm so tired at this time of day and I still have this and this and this to do. It's still, what, five hours till bedtime? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? When's mm-hmm. bedtime? Um, and so again, the result of that is going to be pretty similar in how we're going to act. We're going to maybe be sighing a lot, yawning a lot, uh, not moving too fast, not um, not fully available for our kids because we are feeling so um, exhausted. And we remind ourselves, we tend to remind ourselves over and over again how exhausted we are <laughs> and how it's like this every yeah. day. Yeah, and, we really do. Um, the number one thing I would say about that is just like, just don't remind yourself, like, don't focus on that. The number one key to having energy is kind of like telling yourself you have it to mm-hmm. the extent possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to lie to yourself. You're not going to invalidate what you're actually feeling. But just being like, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I'm so tired. Never gave anyone any energy. And every day is like this, you know, and yeah. telling yourself those kind of things. Okay. So um, so if we want to have more, um, just, you know, more energy to get us through the afternoon, if we want to feel like, I'm trying to think of what's the feeling, like, um, well, even just the feeling of energized, it would be like, yeah, I've, I've worked hard today, but I'm, I can get through this afternoon and evening. We can have a good, good afternoon and evening together. You know, mm-hmm. it might not be my highest energy time of day, but there's something I can do about that. Like maybe this would be a great time to go for a walk around the block with the kids, you know, mm-hmm. before I settle in for dinner um, or yeah, you know, having a plan for the afternoon, like a good plan for dinner. That was always my biggest challenge. I swear it's the hardest part of adulting. It's like dealing with dinner every it day. Is. For it really is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to make light of all the hard things we do as adults, but, um, but yeah, it I is. don't know. <laughs> I never got that together. I've spent the last year like having Hello Fresh for dinner, and it's saved my bacon. I mean, but. hey. It's kind of the best. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that has been really nice. But those who are good meal planners, good for you. But just mm-hmm. like um, turning our attention to the positive, giving ourselves encouragement and just being like, 
I, I was born for this. I have totally got this. I can make it through the day. I can bring whatever energy I want to mm-hmm. any part of the day. I can do my best and then give myself grace for where I fall short. And mm-hmm. I'll just say one more thing. And I I feel like for myself, I had this ridiculous expectation set up in my mind that when my husband walked through the door, the house would be clean. The children would be happily occupied, mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. fighting, doing something productive. <laughs> Dinner would be ready and the house would smell good. And of course, the laundry would be done and my makeup and hair <laughs> would be done. I think I thought I was some kind of 50s housewife. So that mm-hmm. was the expectation I had on myself. Mm-hmm. I was falling so far short of expectations. So setting some nice realistic expectations that you can actually live up to is another way to have a more positive experience with that time of day. So I said a lot of words. So <laughs> I think what you've said is amazing. And I, I think um, you've made a few really valuable points that could be expanded on. I think the first thing that you said that really struck me is just that we tell ourselves a story about that time of day and we really do I mean it's basically like a meme like you just you see tons and tons of things online and you hear moms kind of griping about um witching hour to each other just all the time and which is fine like we need moms need moms and we need to commiserate but I think it doesn't help our situation to continue to tell ourselves a story, uh, like a, a self-fulfilling prophecy of how yes, that hour is going to feel every single day. Um, that that witching hour is, is like this, and it's going to feel like this, and I'm going to feel this way. And um, there really is something so powerful about the stories that we tell ourselves. And yes, I know you preach, know this. Sister. well I know you this is like your wheelhouse right is like mindset and how are we thinking but like I've I've learned so much um just in the last few years in motherhood in general that the story I tell myself about motherhood will determine what type of mother I am and it's funny Mm -hmm. how like I've I can apply that so well to all types of different things I can apply that like bedtime and mornings or something I've really focused on like we're gonna have really great mornings and I, I tell myself this story that my children have a happy really happy you know peaceful morning every day that they wake up and my children have a very like lovey peaceful evening every night when they go to bed and I've told myself that story over and over and over again but I leave out this witching hour in that part of my story uh-huh. of being a mom I'm not telling myself anything about this witching hour I'm just kind of letting it float there in space and be what it will be and when I'm not like actively trying to create the story of of it being like you mentioned I don't know if you mentioned this or if you said this to me previously a wicked awesome hour versus yeah <laughs> um witching hour right like if I'm not telling myself that story then I'm basically just like a victim to whatever happens and versus like taking control of the story of that day. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great way of saying it. And and really 
that is what it's all about. The stories that we tell ourselves make up our lives, and we tell them so often that we just believe that they're that they're true, that they can't be changed, that this is what it is in this phase of our season of life, and we're so busy or we're so, you know, bored and overwhelmed or whatever we say that that becomes our reality. So I'm glad you put, I'm glad you put it that way, the stories we tell ourselves. So mm-hmm. if we want to create a different story, a different experience for us and our kids, um, as moms, we're like the leaders in our home. And mm-hmm. like we've talked about before, we set the mood and tone of our home. So mm-hmm. what I would first start to offer to everybody listening is one of the great ways that we can start to shift our mindset is to start asking ourselves some some good curious questions like get curious about what do I want to have happen what could have happened what's possible one of my favorites is like how can I make this more fun I love mm-hmm. having fun mm-hmm. and so anything I can make Thank more you. fun <laughs> that's what I that is like my first question every time is it just like putting on some fun music and just being like yeah this time of day is kind of a throwaway kind of time of day or or um and just like might as well as enjoy it for what it is and and I, I don't know, how, how can we make this more fun? How, are there things we can change around? My daughter Ellie was also telling me that she has changed her bedtime routine and now she reads to her kids in the afternoon because bedtime was getting so long mm-hmm. that she's like, I'm going to read to him in the afternoon during these three to five hours. Um, yeah, what a great idea. And yeah, and, and her husband still reads with their little boy. He has a Harry Potter book that he's just reading with his dad, like a picture book of Harry Potter. And he mm-hmm. wants dad to read that to him every night. But mm-hmm. I thought that was a great idea. And I mean, could baths go in that time of the day? Could library time? I don't know. I don't like going personally. I don't like going places before dinner because that mm-hmm. always throws off dinner. So, you know, there's yeah. things to think about, but a shorter thing, like a walk around the block or mm-hmm. pushing them on the swing. My husband said, he, we were talking about this and he said, I just remember coming in the door and the kids really wanting my attention. Like, mm-hmm. um, when they were little, it was like, daddy, push me on the swing or jump on the tramp or, something like that. And as they got older, they needed Mark to help with their homework and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and of course, as they got older, there was much more of extracurricular activities and lessons and, and things like that. So, um, so just maybe opening up our minds and our thought process to, okay, could I rearrange some things for other from other parts of the day? Because you were talking about how you kind of pack everything in in the morning. Is there any homeschooling tasks that could be done in the afternoon? I don't know. Why not? And me, I used to try to get ready and exercise and, uh, you know, get ready for my day, exercise, throw in a load of laundry, do this, then get the kids to story time at the library and like a million things in the morning. And the mm-hmm. afternoon was kind of like this blank spot. So... Yeah. So those are some thoughts is like, start asking yourself some questions, get curious and brainstorm some uh, different ways of going about it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love that so much. I think like so often I was going to say as moms, but just as people, I think we kind of just like let life happen to us. And um, when we were having this chat on the phone, me and you a while back, you said something like, 
well, you can decide what you use the hours of the day for. And it seems like such a simple, obvious concept. But Mm -hmm. when you said that, it like clicked and I was like, oh my gosh, like that is so true. Like I can decide just because like I've always thought a play date is supposed to happen before naps or I've always thought that, you know, going to the park is right after breakfast or whatever. Like I've always thought this way doesn't mean it can't change. It doesn't mean that I can't just decide. Like like you said, we're, I'm the leader of my home. I set the tone. I set the mood. I decide things. And it's kind of fun to be like, wow, like you're saying, like get curious. Like what, what, what can I put here? What, what can I do in this time of day to make it so that I look forward to this time of day? Um, I love that you mentioned that Ellie uses that time of day to read to her kids. And I, like, I think that that's a really great idea to do at this time of day. Um, Mm -hmm. Something that I wrote down is that, you know, I have for years made a active choice to spend 10 minutes of meaningful time with my kids each one-on-one with each kid each day Mm -hmm. and that's been really good for my kids because I had you know four kids in five years all really close together and oftentimes I've I've noticed like maybe this kid feels like they're just kind of grouped in today and they aren't getting that Mm -hmm. one-on-one well like now that I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, well, what if witching hour was that hour where I spend 10 minutes with each kid? Like, what if that's that hour of the day where I take each kid aside for 10 minutes and do something with them or um, talk yeah, great to them? idea. And I kind of move it there instead of, you know, I've always kind of had that 10 minutes happen earlier in the day. But what if I put it there and then me and the kids are looking forward to that time of the day yeah you know yeah great idea and yeah soon we're trying to pack in everything into the morning hours and then we're making those hours more hectic than they need to be mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. as a homeschooler I mean you have all your options are open of when you do different things throughout the day your reading time or your science experiments or whatever mm-hmm. and another thing that I was thinking about in connection with this is Sometimes we just really genuinely do need to get the dinner done and we have things that we need to do. And then we start telling ourselves we're neglecting the kids because we're doing, you know, because we aren't giving them attention because we're doing dinner. It's like dinner needs to be done and it's fine for them to see that. Or if we just really need to catch up on laundry and any kind of housework or go wherever we need to go, you know, Mm -hmm. that is Mm -hmm. not neglecting your kids. And if you think about it that way, you're going to feel really conflicted instead Mm -hmm. of being like, no, they need to understand. I got, I have work to get done. And maybe if they're older, they might have homework. They need to get done. So perfect. They can do that while you make the dinner or they can help you in the kitchen when they get to a certain age. I mean, from, you know, three years old, they can start setting silverware on the table and, mm-hmm. and, you know, helping out with little jobs and they love doing it, you know, mm-hmm. most of the time, sometimes they resist, yeah, <laughs> but, they um, really do. <laughs> yeah, and we can, um, you know, just identify those maybe negative thought patterns that we're having. Cause anytime we're feeling like overwhelmed, stressed, um, like we're doing it wrong, there's just a thought pattern there that we just need to take some time to identify and not not to judge ourselves, but just say, oh, 
I guess I'm feeling overwhelmed because I'm thinking this kind of this time of day is chaotic or it's mm-hmm. slow. It's, it drags on until my husband's off work or whatever. And and um, so just recognize because our thought patterns become so repetitive. They like statistics say that something like 95 percent of our thoughts are repetitive and like 80 percent are negative. So 80 percent repetitive wow. and negative. So. And that's just a survival mechanism. Like we're always watching out for danger and how we might be doing things wrong and ruining our mm-hmm. kids. And, you know, yeah. so yeah, it, it just happens instinctively. So we have to kind of take control of the situation that's going on up in our heads. Yeah. So Yeah. I love that you brought up um, mom guilt because I think that that's um, something we feel all too often when we shouldn't be feeling it. And I like... Like tonight, I, you know, I tucked my little boy in and um, he was kind of like, well, why don't you lay with me all night? Like, can you lay with me all night tonight? And I explained like, no, I can't lay with you all night tonight. I have things I need to do. I need to clean up our house. I need to go and I'm going to have a chat. And, you know, I was explaining and I start to feel that mom guilt creeping in. And I think that happens a lot during witching hour too. It's like, well, I really need to get the house, you know, back in order so that it feels peaceful for me. I really need to get dinner cooked. I really need to, um, you know, attend to all these things. Sometimes I like to make phone calls in the afternoon and I kind of feel like I'm neglecting my kids if I'm calling the doctor, calling the school or whatever it may be. But I think you're right that we need to adjust our, just adjust our mindset and adjust, um, the story again that we're telling ourselves about that 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 also is motherhood um doing those tasks is also part of being a mother to our kids and being a good mother to our kids and that that's okay if that hour of the day is largely comprised of us doing these other tasks that are service for our kids and we're giving our kids something else to do during those couple hours of the day and almost something they can look forward to you know for some kids, they might have homework or chores that they need to do. And for littler kids, like a lot of moms listening, have just little toddlers and little babies. Maybe that's mm-hmm. um, the time of day that their little kid can play outside or they can pull out um, like something that we do in our house. I could turn the camera around and show you. But like we have any type of like toy that has a lot of small pieces like, you mm-hmm. know, Legos or Lincoln Logs or what am I looking at? Um, Marble Run or, you know, anything like that. Mm -hmm. We have them in these separate bins and we kind of keep them away so that they don't become a huge mess. I'm like, during witching hour, that could be the the time of day they could come in and pick out one of those toys and we pull that out. And for that hour, they get to build Legos or they get to build Lincoln Logs or whatever it may be in while I get dinner ready or something, you know, and kind of make it like a routine, something that me and the kids both know is going to happen every day and it's productive and it feels creative and it feels exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Those are, those are amazing ideas. And those are the kind of ideas that come when we open up our mind Mm -hmm. and ask questions. And when you were talking about how you like to, you know, you're, you're making phone calls or, you know, you're calling the doctor. A, A great question to ask yourself is like, how is it possible that 
I'm doing these things for my kids. Like it's literally the exact opposite of neglect. Mm-hmm. Practically everything you're doing, you're doing for them. Mm-hmm. Are you giving them your undivided attention at those times? No, but it's just something else <laughs> that you're doing for them. Or even if you're doing it for yourself, you're pretty much doing it for them too. You know, if you've got to schedule yeah. your own doctor's appointments and and take care of other um business for the house if you've got to sit down and pay the bills if you've got things to do that is totally okay for them to see that I just want to rid the entire world of mom guilt even if you sat on the couch and fell asleep while they watched a movie still no Mm -hmm. reason for guilt you can always look at it and say wow I'm just doing the best I can here you know and some days are like barely get off the couch days and I know I've had my times even with my grandkids now when I watch them sometimes I'm like it is mandatory tv time because grandma's <laughs> napping I'll hold you with one arm I'm sleeping yes. yeah they can be glued to the tv and mm-hmm. I don't need to feel bad about that you know mm-hmm. and we have limits on our energy but mm-hmm. we can have more of it if we like I said don't remind ourselves I'm tired I'm tired I'm tired all afternoon <laughs> just mm-hmm. say hey yeah, well, I'm dragging a little bit, but I can make it through this afternoon. We can have yeah. we can have a good afternoon, a good dinner time. Um, I can give my husband a break. Maybe I can take a break, you know, a little bit later. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. let's just get rid of mom guilt. That never does anything to help us with no. our creativity and help us, um, you know, show up as the mom we want to be. I love that so much. And, you know, you brought up the movies and the TV and, like, I think that's a good example of um, like reallocating certain activities. Like I think a lot of moms, um, it's pretty common to like the kids wake up and that's the time where they watch cartoons or whatever. Or maybe in the evening the family watches a movie together or whatever and you could reallocate that time. Like if you're in a, a stage of life where you're just really exhausted, like I, you know, we don't have a tv in our living room and sometimes I I think that I am like thinking that because of that that I like don't have the option to ever like give myself the break and let my kids do that and and there are times where I've been like pregnant nauseous throwing up and I for some reason give myself this guilt of like oh it's like checking out it's like giving up to put on a movie for my kids and that's just not true like there are so many um reasons why that can be such a gift and a blessing for certain days and for certain stages of life and I wish moms didn't you know we we just live in this world with social media where like we read about like the risks and the everything about everything like the food we, we give our kids the shows our kids watch the things that they they experience and I especially live with a lot of guilt constantly about like every little decision and every little choice and I just love what you said, like, as long as we're um, just doing the very, very, very best that we can, and we're just trying, um, I just think we need to be easier on ourselves with, like, allocating different tools in the toolbox to help us make it through the day. Yeah, and what you were saying about the TV and everything, uh, I was just thinking, that's just another story. We have such a story about TV, how much is too much, and, you know, what our kids watch is it good or bad and and of course we want to keep tabs on there's so many 
crazy things on TV, but there's so many good and uplifting and interesting and um, mm-hmm. awesome shows for kids. I mean, it's so much better than the selection we had when my kids were little and you, mm-hmm. when you were young. And mm-hmm. better um, than SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, and um, Teletubbies. And, oh my um, goodness! Yeah. <laughs> oh, there were some weird shows on. What was that Barney. one? Barney. Bar- yeah. <laughs> Jamie loved Barney. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, side note, and this may be edited out, her contact photo in my phone is a picture of her dressed up like Baby Bop for Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> What's that from? What year was that from? Oh, it's, it's, oh, I don't even know if you can see. Oh, no, you can't see. Oh, it's glary. I can't see it. That's so funny. I don't remember it's her dressing her up as when Baby she, Bop. She looks like she's like maybe three or four and she's dressed like Baby Bop. <laughs> And I thought it was such awesome. a funny picture. I made it her contact photo. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I had this like 10 minute conversation with Ellie before we got on this call. And that was another thing we talked about was TV. And she said, I actually, that's when I let my kids watch TV. And she said, and that's my TV time too. So she's upstairs in the kitchen making dinner, <laughs> watching yeah. HGTV, just like her mom. <laughs> yep. That's exactly what I'm doing here in Utah. And then that's her so kids funny. watch the downstairs TV. And when it's intentional and it's planned, it really helps alleviate guilt and you plan you know like you can each watch pick a, you know a half hour show or whatever and mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. doing my thing as my happy place when I'm up watching HGTV you know and so yeah so many stories uh I'm just on a mission to rid the world of mom guilt and get into mom um what's the opposite of guilt love um, yeah compassion <laughs> mom self-love <laughs> yeah yes yes forgiveness mm-hmm. grace yeah. mom grace, grace. mom grace. grace oh my okay. goodness yeah oh what a yes put that on paper and hang yeah. that up because when we if we're really in a state of mom grace we're going to show up so much better for our, ourselves and our kids and we're going to give ourselves encouragement and sometimes mm-hmm. in the course of a day, we're the only ones around to, like, really give us encouragement. Because mm-hmm. kids, mm-hmm. you know, the kids tend to always wish for more attention, more time, more whatever. And and we just need to encourage ourselves, like, no, it's okay. It's okay if I can't give them undivided attention or, or knowing, like you said, you plan that time. So, I, you know, I can't do it right now, but I'm going to do it at Mm-hmm. 410 or whatever yeah whatever yeah. time you have planned so um, I think sometimes oh go ahead no you go ahead I just say I just think sometimes we don't give our little kids enough or our older kids enough credit to understand things and we think that that we can't sit and explain something to them and they're not going to understand it but I've been consistently surprised by what even my little three-year-old can understand if I just sit down and like look her in the eyes and explain it to her and explain like why I have to make this phone call why I have to cook dinner right now why I have to um and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately just like it pops into my head all day when I feel that like kind of that rising in my chest like I'm starting to get frustrated with an interaction with my kid because they're not cooperating or they're not Um, they're asking me why, 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 why do I have to do that? Or no, I don't want to do that. And I've been kind of reminding myself, like, just explain why, just explain it. And, um, I think that can be applied here. 
Um, and our kids can actually give us a lot more mom grace than we give ourselves when we can sit down and explain like, you know, mommy loves you so much and that's why I need to make you dinner because if I don't make you dinner, then you're not going to have something to eat and your body's not going to grow. And so right now you need to go do this and I'm going to make you some dinner and it's because I love you. And I think what we, if we just, then everyone feels better. The kid feels better and they understand why we have to do that and we feel better because our kid isn't, you know, nagging at us the whole time and they understand they need to give us some space to make dinner or make a phone call or whatever it may be. And I've just found like so often like give our kids more credit in what they can understand and how 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 much more they can cooperate if we allow them to. Yes, that's so beautiful. I love what you're saying. Um, and that will create a whole different result for those afternoons. If we, it's funny, sometimes we're kind of impatient with our kids and our tone conveys like irritation or like um, impatience, you know, and they're like, why, mommy, why, why can't you read this book or whatever? And um, or why can't we go outside? Why can't you push me on the swing? You're like, because I have to make dinner, you know, and mm-hmm. and. If we're just like, you know what, honey, I would love to. I love you so much. But right now, I'm going to make dinner. I need to get this done. And then maybe daddy can push you on the swing when he's done with working. Or I'll come Mm -hmm. out when I'm done. You know, we'll do it after dinner. Or we'll do it tomorrow morning. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. just that is absolutely beautiful what you said. And just taking the time to pause, look them in the eyes will honestly save you time in the long run from trying to brush them off. I find when, when I had little kids, they get more clingy and needy when they feel like you're trying to brush them off and Mm -hmm. it just doesn't Mm -hmm. save any time. And it doesn't create that feeling that I think most of us are striving for in our home, which is calm and peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so true. That is so true. I don't even think I realized that until you just said that, how often I'm just kind of hoping that I can hold my kids off for a few more minutes when I could just save the time and just explain it. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's a great um, point to end on. I want to say I just created a podcast I think it came out last week, Um, what I call the four universal love languages. And I talked about like tone being one of those, like we can Mm -hmm. convey so much love through our tone. And sometimes we just, just instinctively react and, you know, kind of snap at our kids or um, brush them off, like I was just talking about. And, Mm -hmm. and instead, in those same few seconds of that interaction, we can convey love and um and calm and you know just it helps the kids it helps us it it just makes everything so much better so people Mm want to check that out they can so yes I love that so much and I just overall like your just your mission helping moms adjust the mindset realize that they set the tone for their home um just everything that you share everything you write about on your blog everything is so empowering and it means so much coming from someone who's lived through it who's raised six kids and who's done it and who um has learned a thing or two about how to um I don't know just how how to get the most out of (laughs) motherhood but from that from that perspective um with some longevity with years and um anyway I want you to tell everybody where they can find you know, what's the name of your podcast? What's the name of your blog? What's, you know, where can they find you on social media? All of that. Yeah, that good for stuff. Sure. 
Um, well, the main place they can find me is on my, well, my podcast for sure. Um, it's called the mom mindset show. And, um, that's just where I teach all these things about changing your mindset. You know, sometimes you might be like, just change my thoughts. Yeah. Right. But that is literally everything is in our heads. Like Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. starts there. Everything's created there. And, it's so empowering to know that that we can change our any part of our experience that isn't working for us and our families by just looking at our thoughts so I just teach that from every different angle I talk about how mom life um you know covers every topic a to z and that's I wrote a little book that sounds like a big thing but it's like a little thought book about I call it mom mindset a to z and so I have just 26 examples of how mindset affects things from um, our thoughts about money to our thoughts about like I have E is for efforts our our efforts are working sometimes we tell ourselves they're not and how does that Mm -hmm. affect us so anyway Mm -hmm. um this um, is good stuff. Like, really, mom, we need all yeah. the moms to go and read this. Yeah. And oh, I'm going to put links to all of it because yeah. it's just like, Thank this you. is such good stuff that I yeah. think every young mom needs so bad. Yeah. That I thank you. I appreciate that. And yeah, so it's just the Mom Mindset Show on most podcast platforms. And um, my website is mom-mindset.com. I really don't do Instagram and all that. I know one of these days I should. I mean, I have my personal account, but I I just right now I feel like I can't keep up with all that. So Well, and you know, more scrolling isn't doing any of us any good either. So we True. can just put our headphones in and listen to some good advice. <laughs> good point. Thank you for saying that. Thank you so much for having me on here, Marin. I so just want to sh- like say how much I love all the moms out there and what this supportive community that you've created is amazing. Like if there's one thing all of us need, it's support for our motherhood journey. So thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you for coming on. We have plans to have Rachel on the podcast more times in the future. So we're excited to have more really good chats where you can offer us your wisdom. (laughs) I will see you again next time. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. 